Hello and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen, with the best 30 minutes of sleep in show business. It's good to be here. I uh, had my first colonoscopy this week, got my oil changed. So uh, nice, yeah? Nice to get that out of the way. They found three polyps, I believe. Uh, nothing serious, I don't think, because they let me go. I think if they find something, they hold you, they keep you. But I only had the uh, the three and they said they'd reach out to me in five to seven days or worse worse it goes on your like online profile that you're supposed to access and you're supposed to pull it up and check in with and it's just written there in print like oh you know you're sick you have this long to live which is pretty messed up uh, i really think it should be a human being telling you that stuff um then it's like next steps it's it can be scary right so um total cleanse right Make sure that toilet isn't clogged. That's the biggest thing. Make sure your toilet, if you've only got the one toilet, you don't have a work toilet you could use or something nearby, public toilet or a second toilet in your own home, second or third. Uh, I can't believe my, uh, growing up my family's had two and three and four toilets. Anyway, um, yeah, man, you want to make sure that toilet, because that, that to if you're home alone, because you're going to keep running back, you can't go too far from the bathroom over that 12-hour span or whatever, 12-hour, 18-hour um, whatever it is, you don't want to be too far from any toilet. So make sure the toilet's not clogged. Uh, worst part, so that's the biggest part. Worst part is the anticipation. Anticip anticipation. Just like a first date or just like a big party, you know, is the best part. The anticipation's always better. And then um, afterwards, uh, or, or, or even with a bad thing, the anticipation's worse. Maybe that's what it's like with death. Who knows? Death. Um, make sure the toilet. Okay. I actually cleansed the day before. So I started a day earlier and just started going with some juices and not smoothies, not smoothies, juices and uh, no solids uh, the day before. So it wouldn't be that much of a transition. Uh, so I was already pretty much only holding liquid. So it was just liquid waste coming out of me pretty early on, you know, and it's a slow build. A couple of days out, they have you limiting your diet, like three days out, no nuts. They, they call it a low, um, low fiber, I think. But uh, yeah, they, they go no nuts, no popcorn, no seeds, no breads, no spicy meats, no cheeses, no raw veggies, which is weird. The raw veggies was weird. Uh, no purple or red liquids. So that was two days out. Some of that's kind of even three if you want to go big, but it's, you know. But it is weird what was allowed and what wasn't. It's different body types. Like that threw me, the raw veggies. You know, living in Asia, the weight was coming off without even trying or noticing. I was like, oh, wow, there's nothing around here. And, and you're, I was younger and maybe doing a little more workout. I don't, I don't remember working out, though, in those, those times. Japan, yes. Korea, no. God, I'd love to get back to that. You know, I still want to eat pizza and pasta and such, but just I just need to keep it more selective. Like, hey, you know, Thursday night we'll eat, you know, we'll go to that pasta place or that Italian place or we'll get tacos. You just can't eat like that every night. The week I did in West Palm Beach uh, last spring was brutal to my digestion, to my digestion, the rich food, alcohol, Never wasted on booze, but a few drinks with every meal for a week, lunch and dinner. We'll do it, you know, like a cruise ship. <clears throat> um, yeah, so the adjustment into a low residual, 
low residue, sorry, low residue, low fiber diet starts two, three days out. Then the day before, you can kind of do what you want, but you want to take it slow. The day before is absolutely no solids and you're drinking clear liquids. But that includes water, of course. Uh, sorry, tea, coffee, clear juices, sodas, you can do, popsicles, you can do, Italian ices, oh yeah, uh, broth, jello, you can do chicken broth, jello, Gatorade, you can do, I think low sugar if possible, or no purple or red, uh, no milk products, no smoothies. Then the night before is where it gets, the rubber hits the road, right? Farm to table, where it gets snarly. Um, you can do pills or the solution. The pills are more recent. Um, I went with solution only. I didn't have a choice. I don't. I don't think my guy prescribed two bottles of Clen, Clean Peak, Clean Peak, C L E N P I Q, and it's about three shots in each bottle, so six shots total. And you do laxative pills, right? Uh, and then. The pills for the diuretic, that's that's in lieu of the solution, which I didn't get. So, yeah. And I don't even know if you need to take all the pills. And that's that's a more recent thing that my guy said, yeah, we're not really into that yet. We don't know. That's early on. So I did the liquid. Um, so you do laxative pills about 4 or 5 p.m. the night before. My appointment was the next day at noon. And uh, you do... Laxative pills, 4 or 5 p.m. An hour later, you do one of those bottles. You drink one of those bottles, the three shots. Three shots in that bottle. And they're flavored raspberry, but it is a funky called Medina. Uh, funky called Medina. It's uh, a weird taste. It's medicine-y. It's just you get it down, right? Can you imagine what it tastes like 30, 40 years ago? After the bottles, you do five glasses of water. Um, and you, you're like, is it happening? Is it happening? Um, you think it's happening right away. There's motion, but it can take an hour before it really kicks in. And there's a lot, but it's not as bad as you think. The whole thing wasn't as bad as you think. It's just kind of the the holding off on food and stuff. But I'm only like uncomfortable when I'm hungry if I need to do something. If you need my brain or body to do something or if I'm in traffic or if I have to like, but if I don't have to do anything, like I was just in a holding pattern for that day and a half, so being hungry wasn't the worst thing because there were not nothing was expected of me. But if I'm in an office or, you know, doing a show, then you need the energy, and that's when you get irritable. Okay, so, um, so you've got uh, let's see. So you do the three shots, and it's not quite Jeff Daniels in Dumb and Dumber where you're just blowing it out, right? It's um, it's several times, and. The three laxative pills are called Dulcolax, D-U-L-C-O-Lax, Dulcolax. And an hour later, after the pills, you do the solution, three shots, right? Five glasses of water. And and then they say right after that, put Vaseline on your rim. They, I could be saying anybody, they, yeah, my comedian buddies. No, they say put the Vaseline on your rectum, preemptive. Usually I have to do it afterwards, <laughs> uh, but then you blow it out. And you don't need, I, I, I didn't necessarily need the, uh, the vas. I didn't need it. Several trips to the bathroom. You feel it coming plenty of time, but it does work quick. Uh, several trips. Solid comes out from the past, the previous two days or whatever. And it doesn't take long for you to be discharging straight liquid. It really doesn't. You go a couple times in the middle of the night. You'll be woken up. Little warning. Uh, and there'll be some discharge liquid 
So I normally sleep naked, but for this special night, I put on some britches. No, I had boxers on. You might want to have an extra pair, too, just in case there's leakage. Um, special night. Yeah, it's like the Dan Mintz joke. Yeah, he's with a girl, and they're about to you know, get naked. And she's like, do you have a condom? And he says, no. And she says, what about that one sitting right there? And he says, oh, that was saving that for someone special. Anyway, a couple visits to the toilet. Uh, then you wake up. I woke up early, 5 or 6 a.m., went again. And and sometimes you just go, and you're like, I'm going to see if, oh, yep, there's some in there. And uh, sure, because the whole thing's loose. The canals have been, uh, you know, lubricated. So 6 a.m., you take the second bottle, followed by only three glasses of water. But you can drink water. I had more. You can drink water up until 8 a.m. They said you can even drink water up until two hours before the procedure. So, But at that point in the next morning, it was pretty much all liquid, and everything was pretty much out of me, you know. And so it's not that big a deal. Then it's just a matter. Once it's all, once it's all in, all the medicine, you're, like, stoked because you're, like, now – Stuff will just come out. I don't have to do anything now. Stuff just comes out. And uh, I just have to get over to the doctor. And you're able to drink clear liquids water, again, up until about two hours before. I just I stopped at 8 a.m. for a 12 uh, p.m. appointment. And I thought after the second bottle, I might go back to sleep. But I was happy to have it all behind me, behind me. And was just looking forward to getting a few things done yesterday morning. Uh, yesterday morning? No, three days ago. Yesterday. Um Oh, yeah, that's right, because I had to fly out the next day to the funeral in New Mexico, so I wanted to get some things done. But, man, you're jonesing for eating something palpable that night. Right when you're done with that last thing, you're just like, oh, I can't wait to eat. And I didn't realize you could eat right after. It just can't be spicy because that can trigger some of what's left over inside. Uh, so you don't want it to be too spicy after. But I ate right after. I, even, I wasn't supposed to have alcohol, but I did have uh, beer. Um, get knocked out, get lubed and fingered, and get out of there, right? You just want to, it's like, man, can I just put this on fast forward? Like, let's go. But there's other people doing the procedure too, and uh, and whatever. One guy was literally on the phone as a stock trader. Just obnoxious, dude. Just obnoxious. And uh, chatty. And he was getting it done too. And what was his... He said he was on the phone with a guy, and he's telling the, the admitting nurse, invest in Novo, Nor, 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 Nordisk AS. Uh, it's down, actually, half a point today. But um, he was like, invest. Invest in that, trust me. And he's on the phone going, yeah, 100000 put 100000 It was just obnoxious. His wife's there going, get off the phone. It's like, dude, are you serious? Um, what did I text my buddy Joe? I sent him a text. Oh, I, I texted, hey, man, guy in the waiting room says to buy this stock. My buddy Joe says, ooh, wow, your colonoscopy is off to a good start. Very funny. Very funny. I, I thought he'd go like, oh, okay, interesting. I'll take a look. Anyway, um, so I got waxed a few days ago so they wouldn't need to shave me and have hair grow back even thicker in a very strategic area. Low traffic area, I might add. But uh, I did get waxed to make it easier for them. Didn't get a compliment. How, how I'm I'm so needy. I'm so in need of uh, validation. I think maybe that's why I do this podcast for my thousands and millions of listeners. But uh, but I also didn't want them. No, I didn't want the validation. I wanted yeah. I didn't want that growing back thicker. So I got that waxed. Um, you have a ride home, 
and that does not you have to have a ride home rather that does not include uber or taxi someone has to take you they make that very clear uh, i got dropped off by my friend john and picked up by my partner in crime brandy and taken back to my apartment um i'm on the third floor with no elevators and i was like oh am i gonna be able to walk up like i'm gonna be that out of it am i gonna be able to walk up um the the stairs but uh and i thought i'd crash for a few hours i was fine man i was fine the process is not one or two hours the, the prep it's all in the prep waiting signing papers you sign two papers and you know they they put a needle in you they test your blood pressure you wait a little bit and then you go in man it's 20 minutes um i was telling the not nurses and doctors to be gentle i don't live in west hollywood not that there's anything wrong with that and i think they've heard every joke i think they've heard every joke um but i'll tell you once it's the last call for 8 a.m all liquids just waiting those four hours to be drugged and then wait until consume food or water. It's a, it's a, it's a little something, right? I can't imagine being in a high stress situation, man, needing food and water. Um, okay. So you go, you check in, bring a bag of stuff, have socks that was written there. Um, then you get your little dress on your hospital gown, your penis and balls shrink to the minimum out of fear and cold and unfamiliarity because the hospital is always cold and really well lit, like overly lit. Um, they knock you out and you're on your side. They, they just bend you on your side. You're not even moving that much. By the way, some checks. Oh, yeah. Someone checks in with you the day before. They're texting you. Everything okay? Everything okay with whatever questions? I texted my lady. I'm like, it's cool to hitchhike home, right? She laughed. Um, that was fun. Wow, we're already at 13 minutes on this? Okay. She laughed, as they often do. There's laughter sometimes, guys, in this, in this life. Okay, so, um, yeah, you get your dress on. They knock you out. Um, the whole thing was in Mission Viejo, at Mission Viejo Hospital, or Mission Viejo Heritage, which is across the street by the Mission Viejo Mall. It's between the mall and the hospital right there. Nice little parking structure. It's comforting that everyone knows that spot. Like, I talked to a few different people. They're like, oh, I did it there. I did it there. Yeah, I'll go there. Uh, and then it's near the hospital, and that all that shit is near me. Like, some things need to be finite, okay, society? I know we're constantly, especially in the Western West, Western half of the Western United States of the Western Hemisphere, like everything, oh, it's, it's not making money. Like, wipe it out, brand new building that'll go bankrupt in another 10 years and we'll have to do this all over. Can some things be finite, okay? Can some things be old school, the village, right? That's the hospital, that's the airport, that's the library, the mall, the post office. Are those still around? You know, the high schools, the junior college. Good. Can they all be off two or three exits, which they are? Can we maintain that? Just something consistent. Um, make it work, right? So I can see why some people go into, like, maybe public service, whether it's education or, or, or whatever it is, Mark. Um. Anyway, it was all there, right? Births, deaths, where I saw my dad for the last time, where I think my nieces were born, where several friends were born, possibly took their final breath, where I've gone for appointments, injuries, and surgeries over the years. Just right across the street from there. Um, it's a nice consistency. You just have a nice thing in your mind. You, you know that that's there if you ever need it. When I busted a thumb once, when I had to go uh, in football, I had to go get it looked at in the ER at the hospital. I don't know if urgent care was around then. Well, we had insurance, so we didn't need to go to urgent care, maybe. 
busted my thumb, had to go. Brian McNibben, McGibbon, uh, that same night, got either his back or neck wrung pretty seriously playing football. Uh, he was a year behind us. I think he went to St. Catharines with us, too, and then Santa Margarita. I got to say, man, that kid hung in there. It was football, and he was a year behind us, and he and Joe Ferris had to play against varsity all the time and get the shit kicked out of them, and they hung in there. So my hat's off to them. Uh, so Brian got his body worked over that day, and he was in the ER. My injury was less intense. It was only a, a busted thumb, which is still pretty gnarly, uh, and needed surgery and a cast. But, you know, he was in for, like, maybe a CAT scan. I don't know. But can you imagine a program has two players in the ER at the same time? So I guess that was commonplace. There's several other high schools around, so who knows how many kids were coming in. Anyway, he's in there <clears throat> being looked at. <coughs> And I'm in the waiting room, and his dad was there and was nervous and kind of pacing. And I wanted to say hello and, like, just maybe calm him down and be like, hey, buddy. But I went to say hello, and he shook my hand uh, on the right. It was the right hand where my thumb was busted. And he shook it in kind of a panic, frantic way. And uh, the pain shot through my entire body. But I felt so bad for him, I didn't want to scream. But I was like, ah, yeah. I didn't want to think I'm a pussy, you know. But I remember that. I remember, like, I'm waiting for this exact injury, and, like, it might be worse just from the handshake. But, yeah, crazy memories. Uh, R.I.P. to Brian, by the way. He passed away a few years ago in the midst of COVID. I think I brought it up on an episode, I believe. Um, I don't, he didn't pass away from COVID, but, uh, yeah, uh, he hung in there, man. So I, uh, I like the familiarity of the place, right, of the hospital. Right there, Marguerite Crown Valley. So much action. So much goes on there. Just a hub. Crown Valley exit at the five. So much, so much, you know. There's a Costco. There's a mall. There's movie theaters galore, gyms. Over the years, chiropractor, bars. I mean, you, anything you want, you name it, man. Warehouse. Um, yeah. So probably want to get the uh, colonoscopy. Do this at 45, I'd say if you can. 50 is fine. 50s, if you live in L.A., New York, and you're social, do it at 45, but 50's fine. You know, it's also your mental state and where you are in life and how you're feeling generally. If you're feeling okay, you're probably okay. Men and women need it. Vince Lombardi never got his, I believe. He died from colon cancer. But he used to say, I remember he was quoted saying, I'm not letting some guy go up in there. And, well, you know, um, he didn't, and it was a very aggressive form of colon cancer. I think it was 10 weeks after they spotted it, he passed away, Vince Lombardi. You know, tough guy. Um, but you want to get that checked out because he died relatively young. He was coaching another team. He had moved on from the Packers and was in D.C., where he liked. He was an East Coast guy, coached with the Giants as an assistant with Landry, and then went to where he won championships and then went to uh, Green Bay. Landry goes to Dallas, and they have a rivalry. They had a rivalry, and uh, both went to the Hall of Fame, of course. But uh, he was then in Washington. I mean, he was an East Coast guy. You know, he was a Kennedy Democrat, and he really wanted to make a difference uh, as a coach and in society, too. And that's why I think he liked being uh, back in D.C. with the Redskins there. Um, the feeling of an empty stomach and colon is so rare. In white America, where you're just constantly, you know. So I was really trying to take advantage of that moment. I'm like, really dwell on how you feel right now. You're, how light you are on your feet, on your toes. Um, you know, how, like, what's going through your mind? Because, man, at any office job, I'm throwing things down my throat all the time, you know. 
at the high school I work, when I was at Jimmy Kimmel, Gilmore Girls, when I was an extra on set at movies, commercials, TV shows, eating, eating, eating. Little, you know, chocolate-covered pretzels. Oh, I'm sure I'm only eating, I only had two 17 times. So what's the problem? Or I can, I can have an Oreo cookie five times. Um, so yeah, the colonoscopy comes in the aftermath of the Norway trip where I ate my share of desserts. So it's like, ooh, they're going to see some Suge Knight coming out of there. Um, yeah, I'm sure they saw that. You don't know at what point to shower. You're like, am I done? You know, am I done with this catharsis? Am I done draining my body of, you know, waste? Because if I'm not done, I don't want to take a shower, clean everything out, and then I'm like, oh, I'm hopping back on the toilet. So you really wait till the last minute, then you take a shower, clean up, and uh, you're ready to go. Once it's been a couple hours, which I think I was at like two or two and a half hours, I'm like, I'm probably good. Because you're going so frequently that a two and a half hours record. And then once you get in there with the gown and everything, they're like, you're in. And we're going to, we can, once we plug you, we'll be able to suck uh, anything out of you. So don't worry about, you know, crap in the bed. Because if it's been a while, you're fine. And if it's been three hours since you put water in you or whatever, you're not going to pee either. Um, but man, those doctors want all that out of <laughs> they want all that out of their baby before they go in. They've studied. They have nice lives, homes, family, stability, nice car, wife, vacations, clean offices, homes. Right? They do not want to go in there and be dealing with sludge. You know, empty or clear liquid only. That's that's you know. These guys are high expectations, high achieving people. Uh, they do not mess around in life. Um, even if they have a padded way, even if their grandparents were doctors, their parents were doctors and their doctors, they still had to work hard. They still had to study. They still had to pass those tests. Um, so, and you know, they've got a nice watch, nice shirt and tie, or a nice lab coat or whatever. They're ready to go. Um, I tell you, after a colonoscopy, man, I could make weight for my eighth grade Pop Warner football team. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You're kind of lightheaded and low on energy going in. Um, So enjoy the high. I was never knocked out. Just a little bit out of it from intravenous drugging by the anesthesiologist. Semi-conscious the whole time. You could feel a little discomfort, but the whole thing is over in 20 minutes. They take you to recovery area and you're all good. They told me to bring a bag, which I didn't need because they have bags. So I have this empty bag just sitting there. Um, I brought an empty bag. An empty bag sat next to me during the procedure. Then I went home with an empty bag. I was very strange. I have this backpack. I'm like, okay, I was told to bring this. Um, I think it was like, if you need stuff, I don't know. Maybe they're so used to dealing with uh, like older people. I don't know. Um, but yeah. I was a little nervous while waiting to go under. So, yeah, I never went under completely, but I was a little nervous. You know, I I was like, it was like you're about to go on stage, you're alone. You kind of would like someone to talk to. You're just waiting. You're in a holding pattern. And you're just waiting, waiting. And it's like, oh, it's going to feel good. Great. Can we get on with the feeling good part? Because if you say it's going to feel good, but I'm still waiting, there's only going to be apprehension. I remember feeling apprehensive a few days before my knee surgery, my senior year of high school. I was nervous about going under the knife and being anesthesiologized and funny enough I went to talk to my high school principal about it and I don't know why I don't know if I if I did that or if he was checking on me I don't know he was very close to us the football team and stuff um, but he was great about it man 
you know, scandal would strike later on, not with me, but with other others. So it's a shame because uh, he was great with so many things, you know. But maybe that's why we didn't want to believe it when it went down because we're like, no way, the guy's done too much good. Some say they knew, and you go back and wonder, did I know, or was I just lying to myself? Anyway, uh, about the procedure, the surgery, the knee surgery. He was just telling me, he's like, back then, he's like, you're nervous? I'm like, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I just I feel nervous about going under, not coming back. He's like, man, the technology we have now and the doctors we have are so exceptional. Like, it's amazing. You have nothing to worry about. And that was the fall of 1990. So yesterday was, or yesterday, why do I keep seeing yesterday? Oh, did I write, I wrote this right when it happened. Okay. So um, that was a walk in the park last Wednesday. It was a walk in the park. But man, those conversations really help you. You know, he really, he really helped with that little piece of insight. Because your mind, you know, in times of stress or panic or whatever, um, eagerness, anxiety, doesn't need to be bad necessarily. Really trying to get away from that place of like, oh, this is bad because I'm feeling anxious. No, it's not. This is life. You have to dwell in this too. You, you don't get, you don't, you don't be, you're 50 or at about 45, I was kind of changing it. Hopefully like you don't get to just be a panic bitch. All right. This is life now. You look silly as an older man. Huh, I'm not going to get this stoplight on time. You know, because um, your mind can go several places in those moments um, of high awareness, you know, those high awareness moments. Uh, and if and you kind of need each thought that you have, each panicked random thought, you need you need that met with an answer or response, something to fill that thought, like like return that serve. Here's some panic. Here's a bad negative thought. Serve it out. And you need that serve returned with uh a thought that can keep that balanced. What if that happens? Well, if that happens, this will happen. Okay, but what if, yeah, it's covered. But what about, yeah, got it. Boom, 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 boom. And you're good, right? Those knee-jerk reactions uh, need to be countered. Um, and sometimes, wow, we're already done almost? Okay. Sometimes we have blanket answers for as many questions as possible. You know, and that could be your religion, that could be your faith or whatever. But, you know, some people have one answer for everything. Uh, and people just have that as a mantra, you know. There's a great scene in Seinfeld where George is bitching about something at the coffee shop at the diner, and Jerry just says, well, look at it this way. In 40 or 50 years, it'll all be over, you know. And it just it, it sheds a light, right, perspective. That can be a good place to operate from as well, that fatalistic, matter-of-fact approach. Yeah, it'll all be over. So how much obsessing do you want to do like Woody Allen Howard Stern god I love them the, the the neuroses they're funny and the therapy but it's like how much therapy before it's like all right <laughs> yeah look we're all gonna go at some point uh don't hurt anybody while you're here have a good time and just enjoy and be human and let's dwell revel um we're thrown so much we're thrown so so much is thrown at us you know, and you have to decide how much and in what way you want to process it all and sift. And everyone is different. Uh, you know, when you start playing sports and see some guys just pick pick it up, and you talk to them and they're like, "Oh, I I just go step one. I do step one really really well. I kept my focus there. I did the drills. I just focused on the drills because I knew my talent uh, or my intelligence was not going to be enough. My lack of intelligence." Um, like maybe in an English class, right? You're just holding on to that pattern. Intro, build-up, conflict, climax, resolution, and you just hold that line. And all of a sudden, you're in grad school, or you're a writer, or you're doing copy, or you're writing novels, or whatever it is. 
you know, I don't know what the five were. I think I got four of them or whatever. But you stick to that plan because it's, you know, it's like this makes sense to me, the structure. You know, some people don't drink ever alcohol. They just decide very young. They say, they say to themselves, oh, I can see what it, what it does, what it can hold me back from. All I know is that it, it, it makes me a little worse. And I'm going to need every piece of advantage I can get. You know, so I'm removing the alcohol thing right now. Uh, I know several comedians who don't drink, and it's an interesting choice, right? Especially in that business. They just remove that variable. They think it holds them back, or they've seen what it does to family members. Uh, I saw a couple guys I played football with over the years. And they weren't great athletes, but they just got the drills and fundamentals down so well. They towed that line, man. They just hugged that process, and they stayed on it. Um, Three in particular, I'm not going to name them. Um, that uh, I played with four years, one for five years, and they weren't necessarily great, but they just—they were like, "All right, I'm just gonna have to—I'm gonna have to trust this process, man." You know, same with views. The views people have. Some say survival of the fittest, and that keeps them emotionally balanced and protected and just sane, and it keeps them safe from new thoughts or new ideas, which cannot be good too. But, or they say, "Oh, it's God's will," and that's just their answer for a lot of things. Um. Not always the best approach, but it can keep you moving forward in the storm, right? How courageous are we uh, to explore our own thoughts, emotions, others' thoughts, feelings, emotions, where they've been empathized? God, man, empathy is true knowledge, right? It's true wisdom, really. Throw ourselves into huge growth situations. So, yeah, you think about a lot of things when something's about to go up your ass, is my point of this whole podcast. Something's going inside you. You're like, okay. Fun times. Uh, they let me go, so I must be okay for now, right? We'll see. Got to see some of the video. They were showing, there's a video right in front of you. You're a little groggy, um, but you're watching this journey going on inside you, which is very special. And it's just like this, like, it looks like it's in space or caverns, and you're just looking at these colors that are inside you. It's crazy. But, like, it's you're like, oh, that's that. That's what I've studied in a science book. That's what that, what I've studied, what I've seen. I haven't studied, but... Oh, you see that, and you're like, oh man, it's accurate. Like, God, the 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 reality to what's in the book now is so is so close. That must be a nice thing. Um, so yeah, you leak oil for a little bit, but you go to Jiffy Lube. There's a Jiffy Lube here in Rancho Santa Margarita or the Toyota dealership. So I was covered, uh, and all is well. Um, that's enough, I think. Okay, thanks for listening. We'll keep some of these notes so I can tell other dude bros about their first colonoscopy if they have if and when they have questions. Um, cause I don't just want to be like, yeah, you're good, man. You're good. You know, people want answers, give it to them. Um, but it's overall, it's not a big deal. It's just, uh, mostly about getting the right pills or solution and sticking to that schedule, uh, a day and a half out. Cause you don't want to be in there, you know, pooping up, uh, you know, you don't want stuff inside you and you don't want, uh, solids in there as well. So, um, I was able to go to lunch right after which is crazy. And uh, I didn't even need to go home. I wasn't too groggy. I was fine. Just a little, you got to move slow, you know, take care of yourself. Uh, I bought lunch for my friends that drove me and they're probably like, you're buying? Wow, did they put an alien up inside you or something? What happened? Okay. Um, Anyway, thanks for listening. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Keen of comedy on all social media platforms. All right. Have fun in life. Love you.